So each one of these people tells the NBA story. I grew up actually believing that Harry Gallatin was better than Bill Russell because I was a Knicks fan and I love this game. And that's what fanship does when you love a team. But Bill Russell is someone who is special to the NBA in many unique ways. At a time when our sport was under duress because people said it was getting too black, I remember this guy named Russell who played with this other guy named Cousy, the best basketball that I think ever existed in the world, and it dawned on me that we had something to teach the world. Now that is awesome. That was David Stern at his Hall of Fame speech back in 2014. Mark Harmon, Kevin Powell with you on 720 WGN. And uh, Bill Russell has pinned a tweet on there. I cannot put into words what the friendship of David Stern has meant to me, but many others. He changed so many lives. David was a great innovator and made the game. We love what it is today. This is a horrible loss. Our hearts are with Diane and their family. R.I.P. my friend. That was Bill Russell. Sam Smith's been covering the NBA not quite as long as Bill Russell when he played, but for quite some time. And uh, he joins us now, Bulls.com, at Sam Smith Hoop on WGN. Sam, uh, did you ever get in the crosshairs of David Stern? Did he ever call up you and yell at you for something that you wrote, perhaps the Jordan rules? Uh, no, you know, actually, he, he never did about uh, about any of that uh, thing. So everyone has, uh, you know, few Stern stories. Mine, mine are mostly on the pleasant side. Actually, we had that Harry Gallatin discussion because I, I too, was a Knicks fan growing up in New York, uh, watching and remembering Harry Gallatin, but knowing that Russell and Cousy were much better <laughs> and mostly being frustrated that they lost always uh, uh, to Boston. But uh, it, you know, the thing with David was that um, – he was so protective of the NBA, and I, and I saw that as a positive. Uh, there were a couple of times where maybe I took a, a, a morality stand, which may not have been, wasn't so much with Jordan, it was more with Rodman. And Rodman did some of his, uh, you know, some of his crazier things, and particularly the felonious one when he, I was I remember that the game when he head-butted the referee. Yeah. And, which you could see coming. I just remember sitting there. It was in New Jersey uh, courtside, and he he just he was going after that referee early in the game, and then walked up to him and just assaulted him. <laughs> and I know the Bulls fans were you know enraged. That I think I, I, I recall. I remember Phil was lobbying for like a one game suspension, say, "Well, you know, the referee wasn't hurt. He continued <laughs> he continued the game." And I kept saying. Well, if this were anywhere else, he'd be in prison. <laughs> you can't. And so I remember um, writing some things, and David called me and said, "Well, you know, it's entertainment. Don't get so excited." <laughs> but um, most of my uh, interactions with David were really positive and really upbeat uh, because he was such an advocate for the league. But more than anything, and I wrote something about it the other day on Bulls dot com was that, you know, I was not a league employee or anything, but I've been around the NBA for a long time and sort of a tangential thing, a media person relationship. Uh, it, it makes you, it, David always made you feel proud 
to be a part or around the NBA because the things that his leadership and what he did, not from the business side, but also, you know, the social side he mentioned about, you know, the reputation of NBA with black players, um, you know, also the, uh, the WNBA, uh, the G League, um, you know, the, the things that he, you know, that he did with uh, African-American players. I mean, uh, the community standards, everything that, that he sort of stood for. I, I haven't worked for a, a whole lot of companies where I felt, you know, that I was, I was so proud of the way the company behaved. And you felt that way around the NBA because of David Stern. I thought that was unusually special that, you know, you could be a lot of people, you know, you, work, you need your job for money, support, family, and you don't always agree with the things that your organization does. But I always felt that David had such, um, had such a standard for what was right and what was just, and that I felt even though I was a small part, it was a great to be a part of that as a result. Yeah, we've had, you know, when I'm covering Bulls games, Sam, I've had conversations about you, how the NBA has always been the most progressive league, and you're touching on that right here. I'm curious, uh, you know, where do you think, as far as just purely growing the game, what's his legacy there? Is it, is it getting the NBA players in the Olympics? Is it... Uh, you know, because you got all these foreign players, Giannis Antetokounmpo tweeting out this week that I would not be in the league, I wouldn't be where I'm at in my life if it hadn't been for David Stern. I mean, is that his biggest lasting legacy in your mind? Well, that also is a great part. You know, immigration has become such a hot button issue, and it wasn't popular in the in, in the NBA either. And, and frankly, there was this notion around. I, I remember when Drazen Petrovic came. Yeah. And he was with Portland, and, and he wasn't playing a lot. And I remember being in the locker room in Portland, and players making fun of him and you know, saying, well, you know, those European guys, they don't shower, and who wants them around? You know, and, and David said, no, this is, this is best for the league. And this is best to open this up to the world, not just obviously the financial part of it and the business opportunities too, but it's the right thing to do. Uh, for us, for our people, and, and you know, and, and, and for the world, and, and, and it was. And now you see, you know, Nowitzki to Doncic, and you know, so many of the great players, and it's made the NBA so much better. But the, the thing to me that that they, the NBA was a second-rate sports league uh, back into the '70s when they had the merger. And that's really when David sort of started. It was a council, and in fact, I've written a book about the. Um, the Oscar Robinson suit, which led to the merger with the ABA, and we spent the day with David uh, talking about that a couple of years ago uh, because he was the attorney representing the NBA on that case. And then uh, went to work for the league in 78 and became commissioner eventually in 84. But at that point in 78 and into the early 80s, and the NBA, I, I, I remember there was a story, I think, in Sports Illustrated that. Uh, you know, that the, that the NBA was too black. White people shouldn't be going to games. I mean, it was incredible the things that were written about the league. It was, players were you know, drug, it was drug infested. And, you know, obviously, famously, the stories about it, the finals not being, you know, on live TV, tape delay in the Magic, I think, in 79 and early 80s. And uh, it, what David did is really, and, and the league, when they had the salary cap came in in 83, and that was because. Probably a half dozen franchises were going to fold. The league was in bad financial shape uh, because of this image, and 
And uh, obviously, you know, the word and magic coming from the NCAA tournament and all help. And then, of course, Michael. But I, I think David's uh, stewardship of the league at that perilous time when the, when the NBA was viewed, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, it didn't compare with baseball or football. And then probably not hockey as well. And, and uh, it was in limited markets. And to, to become the worldwide leader that it had become, you know, the NBA was the first to go around the world, surpassing, you know, baseball and football have made, you know, inroads inspired by the NBA. But uh, I, I would say now you, you look at the NBA and it probably trails just, you know, uh, NFL football, which is, which is a monster. So, David, David Stern really recreated an entire sport, and I don't know that any commissioner's ever done that. Well, what's interesting to me, the NBA versus the NFL, and the NFL's king and probably will be, you know, who knows, maybe forever. But David Stern passed away, and literally the whole league was writing great things about the commissioner. You can't find one guy in the NFL to say something nice about Roger Goodell, and you'd be probably hard-pressed to get people in the NHL to say anything nice about Gary Bettman. Uh, I don't know what baseball players would say about Rob Manfred, but the players loved this guy, even though he was a, you know, a tremendous negotiator and advocated for the owners plenty of times. I, I think the NBA players, you know, it's, I mean, Pete Rozelle was somewhat popular, but I think Pete Rozelle's thing was more, and, and that's the way commissioners most, and I think that's why fans were frustrated, too, that you always felt, and that was the commissioner's job. The commissioner's job essentially was to represent the other owners. And I know some NBA owners used to get upset with David about this. That and it has changed now. You know, Adam Silver more works for the owners. You know, the way David ran the league and a lot of owners didn't like it is that they felt they were working for David. But and I think but that was that's what the players recognized too. And then that's why I think you see a lot of that sentiment. You hear a lot of that sentiment is they realize that, you know, you could go over the head of your own team that you could go to the league, and if there was inequitable treatment or something that was unfair, David Stern would intervene on your behalf. He wouldn't pass it off and say, well, you know, that's your team. He would go to the owner and say, and say you're treating that player wrong. You fix that, or, or, else, or else I'm going to get you in trouble. And I know, I, I know a lot of owners – who literally stopped going to league meetings at times, the Board of Governors meetings, because they said, well, David runs the league. Why should I bother to go? <laughs> Sam, I wa- before we let you go, I wanted to get uh, at least one Bulls question in here. But, man, uh, I think Bulls fans are fed up. And uh, is there are there any positives you can take from the season so far? I mean, I actually think there are. It's just... They've really underachieved for the first month, and I think it was a, sort of a chaotic period in part because of free agency, players brought in. There was some instability, you know, as far as, you know, the rotations, uh, new coach. And frankly, you know, even though Jim took over last year as an interim last season, he was really starting at his first time. And I, I just think – they sort of wasted an opportunity because the schedule was tilted and kind of in their favor early that, um, you know, that they could have gotten off to a better, you know, a, a run and then they sort of wasted that. And I think that sort of, because there was, there was a lot of, 
And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, not optimism that, you know, Bulls are going to challenge the Bucks or the Lakers or the, you know, 76ers coming in. But, you know, that, that they were a competitive team. They were, you know, after two years of rebuilding, the third year to, you know, kind of make a run at the playoffs, that's legitimate. And, you know, picked up a couple of veterans. So it seemed to make sense. And, yeah, I think they've gotten out of that period now. Uh, you know, they haven't straightened out the record yet, but, they have played a lot better. They've been more competitive. You know, Markinen has sort of come out of his funk, which I think, you know, he was influenced probably the most by that. You know, Dunn and sort of come on. And Zach Levine has played at a high level, you know, all season. And Kobe White's coming along. And so I think you have some guys to look at. And, and, and I feel like, you know, for the rest of the season, you know, they're going to be that kind of competitive team. And they have been. It's just they haven't, they, they haven't been able to – finish the games and part of that is frankly their fault <laughs> they got to do that and they haven't but I, I do think it's a competitive level team that's not far away from competing for the end of the playoffs but still reasonably far away from competing from you know serious contention sam smith bulls.com at sam smith hoops uh, one last thing before you go sam People are texting him. Ask him if he saved MJ from suspension, David Stern. Did David Stern step in because Michael Jordan was gambling? I feel ashamed that I even asked that question because I think it's ridiculous. But to serve our fine listeners, I will do that. What do you say? David Stern was never going to suspend Michael Jordan because realistically, <laughs> I mean, and that was the business part of it. And, and, and I know Michael was a little upset about it in the sense that Michael felt there shouldn't have been any issue, you know, because after the thing with the Slim Bull or people remember in 91, there was this gambling weekend that Jordan went on and there was a drug dealer involved. And, you know, Jordan wasn't doing anything, but these were, I mean, if you go and gamble with people, there's a lot of people who are, you know, not, not nice people who, who gamble, not so much anymore, but anyway. And so, you know, there, there was a sort of an outcry, somewhere about, well, the league needs to do something, suspend Jordan, you know, accountability, which was non David recognized it was nonsense. Michael was a little perturbed at the time. He felt David should have just buried it and said, this is ridiculous, you know, uh, go on your way, nothing to see here. But David played it out. You know, he was a lawyer, you know, sort of went through the process. But there was nothing significant that I was ever going to warrant. And then the bigger question is, no, he did not kick Jordan out of the NBA in 93. And, and if, any, if anything, that was probably his greatest regret, that he couldn't keep Michael Jordan you know, from leaving the NBA between 93 and 95. But uh, we did. We did. overall, it's it, it probably as great an influence on his sport as any commissioner has ever had. We'd have eight titles. Nine, if they hadn't broke up the team after 98, would have been the Spurs in 99. No, nah, they wouldn't have won any more titles, but it would have been interesting. Great to disagree. See you at the United Center. Sam, I love you. You're the best. All right, Mark, thanks. <laughs> SamSmithBulls.com. You always get giddy when Sam Smith's on. I, I love, love it. Sam Smith. it like, brings you back to your, yes, your my, Bulls my dynasty j- run. It's the only book I've ever read, the Jordan Rules. I've never read any other book in my entire life, 720 WGN.